Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Like a fat show over here. Oh. All right. I'm try to keep it as short as possible. I know it's easier to get angry about this guy. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I got this Brussels thing's pissing me off, and uh, just worked the last two days, like twelve hours a day. So I've been just so out of touch with the sports world, and I tried to catch up with some sports, and then this happened. So I had to watch the fucking Today Show that I recorded at the NBC Nightly News just to see what the fuck was going on. There's not much has happened. I mean. Um... I mean, I'm going to throw out some scenarios, but it's nothing that you can't handle or, like, react to. Um, I might have shifted my own personal position on this golf situation. Just if certain it, – it, it, we'll get into it. it it's, it's, it's the same old stuff. The way the Browns are structured and what's going on, uh, I mean, I think we both agree RG3 is not the answer. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't even understand what we're doing. <laughs> no, I, I don't either because if you sign RG3, you just signed uh, – uh, we could use this for recording. If you if you sign RG3, you just signed Austin Davis to that two-year contract. If you're going to draft a quarterback, are you telling me you're going to carry four quarterbacks or are you planning on just outright cutting Josh McCown? Oh uh, yeah, Josh. No, they're gonna cut Josh McCown. That guy's he's making gone. five you million dollars. Yeah. yeah, oh, I is that Josh right? McCown's I didn't know he was yeah. making that much. Jeez, oh man, Ray Farmer, what but, are you doing, man? But 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 like that, the thing about Josh McCown making five million dollars, that also happened on Sashi Brown's watch, as far as I'm concerned, because that's the guy who does the contracts. He's the Jennifer Garner of this whole draft day situation going on here. So I mean, <laughs> this guy can't escape the blame for some of these contracts, you know, as he's cut people left and right. So, um, yeah, I hear you. Unless it was a scenario where Ray says we're bringing this guy in, get it done. Uh, well, I don't know how uh, much power Shiner had and Farmer had and Jimmy had. And, you know, listen, so, if somebody tells you Josh McCown is the guy and the way to go, you're going to say yes. I don't care who it is, what power somebody's got. Josh McCown. I mean, let's. I mean, listen. The guy played beyond what he played. He played let's great. Go back. Let's go back. No, no. But let's. I'm saying, let's go back to the way we felt before, though. You know, like the year after he had in Tampa, oh, we didn't yeah. think he had that left. You know what I mean? No. So I'm saying, like, let's go back in the way back machine and think about it that way. Yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guy was out of football essentially, and was has had that one good year with Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. So. I want to know All what right. the hell's going on with Josh Gordon and when we're going to figure that out. Oh, I got that too. Don't worry. So, yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm on it. You know, I might All have right, been outside of learning, but I'm on it. So, this is with an Ohio bias a podcast, Real Fans with D and J. Do the Browns still have high ceilings? I am D, Cleveland born and raised, Buckeye born and bred. 
And I'm Jake from Youngstown to CBUS. We're talking your brownies. All right, ladies and gentlemen, a lot to get into. Uh, this Paul D. Podesta, yeah, we got a lot to get into. We're talking brown and orange, everything, uh, the old pigskin when it comes to what's going on from Berea to Lake Erie. Uh, the Cleveland Browns have made no moves whatsoever of <laughs> monument. Um, everybody's scratching their head. They're getting trashed in the media by the pundits. So we're going to discuss a couple items. One, sensitive Paul Podesta, you know, uh, Paul Podesta. Yeah, that is his name, actually. Um, no, D. Podesta. D. Podesta. I knew that. Paul, Paul Podesta is a former uh, CIA bureau chief. Um, <laughs> and former Bill Clinton chief of staff. Like, that's why I knew the name when I <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk about Paul D. Podesta. Is he a little too sensitive? Um, some things going on with him. Uh, that came out of the combine, and then we're going to discuss how the Browns blowing it up. We know they finally cut Dwayne Bow and Johnny Manziel. Um, thank goodness, good riddance. But they also cut Carlos Dansby, let all the guys walk away at free agency. We kind of talked about that on the last time you heard us. But uh, and then they signed Raheem to Dream More. So uh, do we know what's going on with the Browns? The Joe Thomas trade talks are back again. Um, and then we look at the draft. You know, who the golf's rising, Wentz is dropping a little bit, and. Uh, you know, we talk about what Hugh Jackson can bring to this Browns. Besides just being a quarterback whisperer, is he going to design an offense around somebody? And then we throw out some draft scenarios. Um, and then we're also going to look at other news, Josh Gordon, anything else. We're going to try to cover it all here with the Cleveland Browns in this podcast uh, to get you ready. I mean, we still, this is the thing about this draft being pushed back to May Day. We still got two months of this nonsense, basically. And we got the <laughs> owners meeting going on where they, all they want to do is talk about top five. When we still don't know what a catch is. When somebody addressed that, one of these 32 billionaires think they can address what a catch is, that's what I would like to say. But, um, Even worse, though, D, is the this red card idea that I'm hearing now, uh, where they're going to have, like, a, a, the soccer model is the red card. If you have two personal fouls, you're automatically ejected from the game now. I, I don't understand why we need this rule. Referees at this point – have every option to throw you out whenever they feel like they want to. Why now do we have to put a rule in place if, you know, there's so many cameras and things that happen so fast. If you have two personal foul penalties, those aren't reviewable. So if they're bad calls and you had nothing to do with uh, what happened on the bottom of the pile, now you're automatically going to be thrown out. Well, I think this is in reaction to what happened with the Bengals and the Steelers. So maybe some of the Steelers would have got penalized. But, yeah, you, you, like we, like you, you, I mean, this is a gross overreaction to whatever scenario that you want to put out there. But that was the only one, the real-time one I can think of. That you maybe no doubt back. Some of those, yeah, some of those Steelers would have been thrown out if that was the correct case, you know. So uh, Right. But you can't, you can't get the coaches who are coming in grabbing people's hairs and, like, pulling the old WWE stuff. So I don't know. No. But Vontez Burfecht won't finish a quarter of the games. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. We got, at least we got Pac-Man left out there, you know. We throw a couple points. <laughs> um, Go to the script, script club. Let's get into this. Uh, let, let's start with this first. Um, the Browns, Paul D. Podesta. Uh, somebody should have told Paul that, you know, there might not be any crying in baseball, but there's no whining in football either, Okay. So Pro Football Talk comes out with this story about guys trashing him, and Paul D. Podesta was standing there. Clearly they don't know what the guy looks like. 
So, I mean, like us for a long time, we hadn't seen him. Uh, we didn't know who he was. And he was talking about this. And the reason that this story came out, you know, he was at the analytics conference, the uh, Sloan analytics conference, speaking yet again about analytics and other things, nothing to do with the Browns, when he could have been at somebody's pro day or, you know, crunching the numbers for the Cleveland Browns, which, once again, I'm, I'm telling you, this guy's a part-time employee. I'm just calling this right now. Uh, because that conference goes all weekend. I know he's a big part of that, but um, the guy could have took a year off from that to get this Brown this, this Browns situation. There is such an incubation of time to get this right, whether it's free agency, anything else. Just, I mean, here's a perfect example of what, what's going on with the Browns free agency. We thought that they were going to sign the center from the Jaguars. Uh, I believe his name is Stephen Wasniewski. Why has that? Yeah, I think that's right. Alex Mack is gone. You know, like, I mean, that's the one guy clearly they targeted said they want it, but they haven't done it. So they're getting trashed for the way the structure is, not making any moves. I mean, they cut Dwayne Bow. thank God. Nobody's upset about that. But let Carlos Dansby go. I know he was making, I think, $6 million or something. He was making that a little bit more. He's 30-something. But uh, the guy actually played well um, for the Browns in spots. I mean, you know, what? but who else you got out there? With everybody else that's left on the Browns, I mean, we can go through the talent on the Browns. I mean, you you don't have a lot there. You don't have a lot there. And we'll get to the quarterback situation. Well, yeah, I mean, and on top of that, too, you know, we've now, with Craig Robertson leaving the Browns, have lost every free agent that was our own uh, this year. So, I mean – it's not baseball. I mean, you're not working for a low-salary team like the A's here. There's a salary cap. This guy, Jimmy Haslam, has deep pockets, allegedly, or he should now from all the truckers he screwed over. Um, it, it, you've got this Joe Hayden situation uh, with ankle surgery now. It, it, I mean, it's a little close to spring football and just that sort of stuff for this just now to be happening. Um, we're wasting our time with Robert Griffin the third. It's just, there's just a lot of stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense, but I guess the analytics is the big cover, you know, cause you never know what they're thinking and what this program is yet. Uh, it's too early on to, to know, is it going to be? I mean, it's a complete it's a complete blow up. I mean, let's be honest. They're they're blowing this thing up. Um, so, I would just like to know the plan. A little bit more detailed press conference of the direction we're going, the time frames we're looking at, and in a sense of how we're going to put any sort of competitive team. I mean, are we just tanking this year for the number one pick next year? Is that well, part here, of the analytical plan? You 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 may you got me so excited because I get to use one of the greatest catchphrases, sports catchphrases of all time, uh, Indiana. Boom goes the dynamite because that's the biggest problem with the Cleveland Browns right now. They have a person, literally the the owner, Chief Brown, VP, have all these at the owner, and none of them have said you're breaking up every other word. You're breaking okay. up every other let word. Me, let me start over. Is this better her now? Yep. Better? Better? Yep. You, hit the, you hit the nail on it. You hit the nail on the head right there. Um, the Browns have no front person when it comes to uh, answering any questions in PR. You know, I'm going to get to the Josh Gordon thing here real quick, but 
you think about everything going on, even at the owners' meetings right now, you've had Sachi Brown, Hugh Jackson, and Jimmy Haslam all speak within the last 24 hours. None of them have said anything of consequence besides the fact that Jimmy Haslam, the king of rebates, thought about doing a Johnny Manziel jersey buyback program, which nobody would have got anything worthwhile, and that probably would end up giving away an order. So um, Sachi Brown won't won't say he, he's saying like oh yeah we need to define we know that everybody we Sachi Brown is saying that we know everybody understands that we need to get the quarterback position filled out well what are you doing because every action that you're taking is contradictory to that you got three quarterbacks on your roster right now yes Connor Shaw is still there with Josh McCown and Austin Davis as you said but you're flirting with Colin Kaepernick you're flirting with you know um, RG three. Is this Hugh Jackson who wants to get a quarterback that he can work with that has a little bit of NFL seasoning and doesn't want to go with the kid, you know, that's from wherever, North Dakota or Cal or anywhere? You know, is that is that is that a pushback there from the analytics guys fighting with the head coach already? So, we, we I mean, like, it, the signs of everything coming out of there, I mean, beyond just the NFL pundits trying to trash the Browns, which is the easiest thing to do, I mean, they are contradicting themselves. They claim that they all were going to be on the same page. That just statement just happened <laughs> back in February. So I don't know what's happening now with the Cleveland Browns when it comes to the direction that they're trying to go, especially with the quarterback position. Because so you just say, hey, we're going to try to address that in the draft, and we know we got some guys we can fall back on with McCown and Austin Davis. That sounds like a good answer. Besides the speculation, oh yeah, we're meeting with Robert Griffin III. He's a good player. Robert Griffin III is a goddamn head case, and a guy, and he's a me guy. So clearly, he proved that in Washington. So why do you want to bring that in here after we got done with number two? Makes no sense whatsoever. You know, I, I just want accountability. You know, I just want to have a sense of the direction we're going, um, and we don't right now. If we're going to take a quarterback at number two. You can't throw him out there this year to learn on the job. He's going to get killed. It'll be Tim Couch all over again. And you, you just lost two essential all pros from your offensive line, and in your you lost your top wide receiver. Um, we uh, still don't know if Josh Gordon is coming back. I mean, you I can't see them drafting a quarterback at two and having that guy start game one. Well, I'll tell you this with my philosophy with that. Why not? If the guy can make it through the fire every year, I mean, he's going to plan regardless. Josh McCown, if that line's that bad, the way that you're painting that, I mean, which I agree with you, is pretty, as I was not even painting the picture, that's pretty accurate. If the line is that bad, it doesn't matter who's back there. So if this guy can make it through the fire, if he's got to go to Troy Aikman and take 18 sacks or, you know, five or six sacks a year and throw the interceptions, I'm fine with that. If he's better for the second year and third year, if Hugh Jackson can make the guy better. Too. And I, I will tell you this, I've been warming up. I'm breaking up again. Or... You there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. I can hear you. I, I, oh, okay. I will say this. I don't, I don't know if, you know, if, if the quarterback can come through it and be better in the second year. If Hugh Jackson can do that, I, we don't know if Hugh Jackson gets that much time, but that's the only thing that has me warming up to Jared Goff a little bit. Uh, one of the things that came out of Jared Goff's pro day was that, you know, they, you know, somebody asked, I think it was Grossi, asked one of the per- people that were there, well, you know, Jared Goff is afraid of going to the Browns. And he said, no, that's actually, he likes that situation because he kind of thinks it's similar to Cal, 
where he went to a team that, you know, his first year he was 1-15, and by the time he was done, he got them into bowl games the last two seasons. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of like that idea. I don't, You know how I feel about Jared Goff. I think the guy threw a lot. But whoever it is, that quarterback's got to go through the fire of the worst of the worst to get better. So, I mean, we saw it with Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. We've seen it countless times with a lot of different quarterbacks. I mean, hell, Jameis Winston just went with it down in Tampa Bay. I mean, they didn't have a lot of success, but the games that they did win and whatnot, but you see they're building something. So, um, I mean, maybe that's the way the Browns go. When we're talking about the Josh Gordon situation, the NFL is playing the same old games that they, they're playing. They're saying that they don't have to rule within 60 days, even though that's the NFL rule. And the Browns are now playing some game talking about even if Josh Gordon gets reinstated, we don't know if he's going to be part of the culture that we're building which I don't know, once again, they don't have a spokesperson. I don't even know what that means. That's an open-ended statement, which why you wouldn't give a guy a chance that you have under contract, you know, uh, to come back to your team makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, it, it does. And, you know, the different – and I've said this many times, and this is something you'll hear call a coward preach it a ton of times too. I need different personalities and maturity levels from the different positions on the field. The closer you get to the ball under center, the smarter and more polished and more uh, business-like I need you to be. If you're out there on the ends, I want an attitude. I want a little bit of an edge. I want speed. I want that sort of thing because you're out there on that island by yourself. So you can't have everybody on the same, on the team have that same, uh, personality that doesn't that's not how you build a team you need to find personalities that fit uh, so so to me that you know play like a brown the culture we're building the culture you're building is that you need to find guys that love playing football and if that's and, and that needs to be the barometer for whether or not you're eligible to be playing for the Cleveland Browns that's all I want is guys that love to play football and want to play football. Yeah, I mean, that that gets it done. I mean, you want to play football, that means you – I even love the guys that want to play football so they can make more money because then they're motivated, you know, by something, you know, just with the See, football but also off the field. You know, like, I mean, here's a – I, I would tell you I like want this. guys I that would play, play for – you know, the old saying, I want guys that would play for free. Of course, nobody's going to play for free. But I want guys that it wouldn't – the, you know that just there's there's that certain type of player that just would run through a wall for a teammate, and those are the guys you want. Let me ask you this question: If I told you these stats, would you be able to tell the player? And he plays in the AFC North, so three hundred. He gave up. He's a defensive back. He gave up three hundred seventy-six yards against him this year, and only one touchdown. Would you know who that is? Buster Screen. He's been he, he's been in the league for ten years plus. Yeah. So Buster Screen's not the answer. No, uh, AFC, AFC North. He's in our. He's in the Browns division. Oh, oh, okay. My bad, bad. My bad. I, I, I'm used to all the old things, the old divisions. I think of Buffalo and that division. Yeah. Um, uh, Pac-Man. Exactly. Now, yeah. would you think Pac-Man's putting that like that? What's that? that? Those numbers are like the best in the NFL. Yeah. But he's a guy that would run through a wall for his teammates. But that's, that's a guy who I mean definitely, he's a guy definitely who has some issues. But Cincinnati right, stuff that's what I mean. You know, like, 
Yeah. He works because his teammates love him because he will run through a wall for his teammates. And those are the guys you got to have on the field. The off-field stuff, it, 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 the, take Johnny Manziel out of the equation. You know, obviously you can't hit, hit women. You can't get DUIs. You can't smoke marijuana. But you can't you sell drugs in your own college football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's certain things you can't do. But I give you more leeway the further out you get from the football. You know, I need my quarterback to act like a mature adult and be the face and uh, the guy at the podium every Sunday and every Wednesday during press conferences to to represent my team. I need my offensive linemen to be working as one unit to to really just uh, be cerebral and physical and uh, technical. You know, it, it, and then I need my guys on the outside to run like hell and have that edge. And then defensively, it's completely, I mean, outside of, I think, the middle linebacker, I just want guys that would run through walls that are animals. Well, let's talk about the last part. I mean, I've heard this statement, and we've discussed it here before, so we don't have to go into that part. Does Joe, to Tom, does, does Joe Thomas deserve better? Here, here's, the, here's the question, and we get into these draft scenarios, honestly. Would you would you take a first round right now? I mean, let's not go through whether or not this uh, analytic trust, brain trust can handle getting the talent. But if, if it's me and you in a draft room right now, we will be building the Browns. Don't you trade Joe Thomas and get another first round pick? In a heartbeat. Pick? Yeah, in that's a heartbeat. Okay. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And you know the other thing, D. I'm and I, don't, here I don't care if he goes to I don't care if he goes to Tampa Bay or wherever. I'm not trading this guy so he can you know live out his make a wish campaign. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, but, honestly, yeah. I, this whole Joe Thomas deserves better. Shut up. He's getting paid plenty of money to go out there and, and basically just go through the motions. I mean, the, obviously the guy has done the work. He's made all the consecutive starts. He goes out there. He puts up an All Pro. Uh, performance on most years. Sometimes he gets a little bit of leeway because of his name. But, you know, I don't feel bad for Joe Thomas having to be on the Browns the whole life. He's very well compensated for that. Absolutely. Well, we agree on that. Okay. Let's look at some of these draft scenarios. Uh, I looked at a mock draft from Pete Prisco today. They got the Browns taking Jared Goff. I think, you know, that's that's fine. But some people have started throwing around the Browns possibly taking – um, oh, I can't, I can't see. Carson Wentz? No. Jalen has the Browns taking the quarterback, Jalen Ramsey, possibly moving him to safety or corner. You brought up Joe Hayden with the ankle surgery. He just – I mean, think about this. Think about everything that's happened. When we kicked off 2016, Joe Hayden was just getting released out of concussion protocol. What – I mean, I, I, you know – where did this ankle injury come from? Did he like break his the ankle, ankle and came from? Board? <laughs> That's good. I mean, honestly, the ankle did we not know from... about this ankle injury and that it needed attention when he was in the concussion protocol in week fourteen? No, the ankle injury came from the Arizona game where he got that first concussion, but then he resumed workouts, I guess, after he was released from the concussion protocol, and then hurt the ankle again during workouts. Unbelievable. I mean, just honestly, it's unbelievable. We all know what the contract Joe Hayden has. We, I mean, it's possibly we might not see this guy. We're not going to see him through, you know, uh, 
mini camp or anything like that. I mean, the Browns might not see this guy till training camp. So. Yeah, and then you still don't know what he's going to be like because he's just had ankle surgery. He's had ankle surgery. He's losing his shell shocked. I mean, well, right. He's dealing with concussions. We already know that. Uh, Even when he wasn't concussed last year, let's put it straightforward. He he didn't have a good season. He was getting burnt left and right. He wasn't putting up Pac-Man numbers. We know that. He wasn't putting up Pac-Man numbers. No, he was not putting up Pac-Man numbers. He was not going to the strip club and making it rain. Uh, my man was looked slow before. Now you're going to tell me after ankle surgery? I'll tell you what, Joe. Uh, you know you've been a great ambassador for Cleveland, but I wouldn't get too too comfortable this year. Well, the Browns have talked to, so that's why the Jalen Ramsey talk has started coming up. Possibly taking Jalen Ramsey, then taking um, Michael Thomas from the Ohio State University. You know, uh, here, here's my philosophy on this draft right now. If they take golf at number two, I'm fine with that. I think that's the way to go. Uh, he seems to be the best guy, so I'd be fine with that. It's the number two draft pick for the love of God. Um, but then I, I, when I look down this draft, I went through the field holes and get guys that mirror the talent that we have on here. You know, I, I know that sounds crazy, but get me another fast, you know, uh, rushing linebacker. Get me another defensive end. That can, I mean, this 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 draft is packed with defensive ends. It's a good year for defensive ends. The Browns need to take one at some point in the first three rounds. I mean, I you know, it, it, and that's that's why that Joe Thomas thing becomes so tantalizing because you could almost remake your team if you go quarterback, get a pass rusher, a receiver, and you know with that. So that gives you three first round picks right there. Plus you got a second round pick. Plus you got a third round pick. So you can literally get five guys that could be starters if you draft them right, if the numbers and analytics could help us. That's a big if when we're talking about the Browns, unfortunately, though. Um, I guess when it comes to the draft, I think there's two ways to look at it here. Um, you, If you're going to take a quarterback, I agree with you. That's fine. Take your quarterback at two but you better be damn convinced that that is your guy and better have no flaws, no worries about it. This is my guy. If not, and even if we take that quarterback, I think the Browns are in tank mode. I don't think we'll see that quarterback right away. I think if they bring in an RG3, they're bringing him in to be a pinata for a year with some upside, you know, a guy that uh, will will be that's hungry, that wants to play, that will be coached. I don't think he's going to last two weeks. But, you know, I guess it's a guy with some upside if we can get him on the cheap. But I think this season is, is straight tank, and it wouldn't shock me to trade out of the two spot, to come back in the first round a little bit, take two players in the first round, a player with the top of the second round, stockpiling picks, and, and maybe take a quarterback like Dak Prescott or uh, a guy like Kevin Hogan. Down a or a guy who down. wowed everybody at his pro day, who was on the John Gruden camp, almost brought Gruden to tears with how yeah. smart he was. Cardell. Jones. Yeah. Then you get the fans off your back because they, you know, and listen, if Cardell sits for a year, people would be upset, but they still would understand it. You know what I mean? Like, that would be the lowest pressure situation you could bring Cardell in. And I don't think Cardell is, is 
a quarterback in the NFL. I'm going to tell you this right now. Cardell will be going only one of two places. People said Mike Tom was doing backflips at Ohio State Pro Day. Cardell will play either in Pittsburgh or in Arizona. Put it, book it right now. Mark it down. He will literally go to one of those two teams. Those, I that, just don't that, think that, he's accurate enough, and maybe that could be fixed through some coaching, but I, I just don't see him being able to process the information fast enough at the NFL level. He had a hard time you, processing it, it at the college level with top. He didn't have a hard time processing it when it was in those games, when when it was in those big games, because they slowed it down for him and made it made it around. They yeah, put that nobody's, around him. Yeah, but nobody's slowing it down in the NFL for Cardell Jones. Listen to me here for a second, because it was a third quarterback situation at Ohio State. You had Ezekiel Elliott, and you know as well as I did, those playoffs ran through Ezekiel Elliott, and Cardell was able to take advantage of Cardell was making the calls, though, when, it, when he was taking off, running nope. that ball. That was on He's him. Great. That, was a, that, was, that, wasn't, a, that wasn't coming from the sideline. Listen, that was not coming from the sideline. When he was taking off, he, there was nowhere to right. That was not coming, coming from the sideline. Right. You're right, 100%. He was one of the best at at taking off, at reading the option that during those four seasons. So that's, that's not happening. So you're talking about not being able to read the situation, but I'm saying he only had to think about. Like here's the here's the here's the biggest problem that the Browns haven't done for any quarterback that they've had, you know, here probably since Tim Cobb. Nobody has tried to build the offense around that quarterback. And that's what I think these guys would do with Cardell because they would wait for him. If, if he goes to Pittsburgh or Arizona, it's a two-, three-year window, then it's his time. If he can maintain and show that he can do those things, it, there's no pressure on him because Roethlisberger is going to play until somebody rips his leg off. Let's be honest. Carson Palmer is going to play until he tears another ACL or throws another bad interception in an NFC Championship game. So, you know what I mean? Like, he's in a one-year window maybe out in Arizona, a two- to three-year window in Pittsburgh. That's plenty of time for him to pick up on all those other things. But I'm saying if he's in a situation where he's nurtured and spoon-fed, surely but surely, because that's what they did for those games. You think they had a month to prepare to Alabama and whatnot. And I, I pointed to this at the time. They had Tom Herman there, who had did it at Iowa State when the Iowa State quarterback was down, when they were they they uh, upset Oklahoma, and all that all he did was build that kid up. You know that guy knows how to prepare a guy and put him in a situation to win. So I mean that's all he needs is being put in a situation to win. Now will that happen with the Cleveland Browns? Probably not. That's a hard thing to do. But that's what I'm worried about with any quarterback that they draft. It doesn't matter if it's Cardell or not. Will Hugh Jackson be building this offense around whatever kind of quarterback? And that's what scares me about the RG3 talk. And even with Kaepernick, you're bringing a guy in that has such a unique skill set that it's going to be hard for, you know, anybody else to come behind that, especially if it's a drafted quarterback. Well, you know, I, I think this gets to the the crux of our madness here is that we just have no clue what the the game plan is because we haven't made any signings yet. All we've done is let people go. So you don't know what's coming in because you really haven't brought much in except for a couple of role players and uh, the 38th-ranked strong safety in the league. Yeah, you know, I mean, seriously, what are we doing? And we'll get those answers until the draft as far as what we can visually see as a plan. Well, and the other problem is that puts a hell of a lot of pressure on Hugh Jackson and that coaching staff, and that's the other thing I was afraid of, where it's a situation where people will be upset because 
clearly they'll be getting uh, just outclassed talent-wise when they go up against these teams. I mean, it'll be so noticeable on the field. So then it's like, okay, well, is it Hugh Jackson or is it the talent? And then, you know, Jimmy Haslam, I mean, let's be honest, at some point it's going to look like the coach's fault, and it's really not the coach's fault. It's the two guys who, you know, are playing GM and front office guys for the first time, you know, that Jimmy hasn't put in place, but who's going to get the, who's going to get the ax? Hugh Jackson, probably. That's the only thing that, well, I mean, the scenario seems so simple to play out, you know. Um, not unless Jimmy Haslam and those guys tell him he's going to – I mean, if Hugh Jackson gets five years and it doesn't work out, I mean, it's not meant to be. But, I mean, if we're going to a two-and-done, three-and-done situation, I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. I, I think I am completely sold on the fact that the, the front office as it is constructed and the coaching, the head coach, uh, the head coach anyway, uh, maybe he, if things go real bad, he's forced to make a move or two. But I think they got five years. I don't think there's going to be any ripping this thing off at the two- or three-year window. I think they're committed to this plan um, as a realist. Well, that's basically four years. That's basically four years based on what you were saying earlier because this year is a tank job. No, because they, I mean, right. no, they've spun their, they their wheels right now so that, that nothing's going to good to come out of it. It's three years. It's not even four. It, this is a two-year rebuild before you're even competitive, I think. Um, I, I think you're going to, like you, the scenario you said with the coaching and answering the question, I think there's a couple things that you just have to look for. You got to forget about wins and losses. You got to be. I got to look at. I got to see effort. I got to see accountability. I got to see players playing for each other, and I got to see players getting better throughout the course of the season. Those are the things that are tangible that you can grasp to see if there's progress being made. Because the wins and losses aren't coming right now. Because this team, as constructed and as it's going to be constructed will not have any sort of playing experience with each other. That's going to take some time. And when you're playing well, against that's why I think. like Denver and, and the Patriots and and whoever that has these models, I mean, we brought up Cardinal Jones and how he would sit for years behind Ben Roethlisberger, and he, he, the, the system is there already. We're trying to build a system. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Um, that's what I was trying to mention then with mirroring the talent. I mean, one example of that that I just thought about in the draft right now, it might be too early to take them or whatnot, but if I was building a team, there's a guy that I think would be just similar to Duke Johnson as I'm starting to look at some of these draft prospects or whatnot, is C.J. Prosize from Notre Dame. The guy is a converted receiver to running back. I mean, he can split out and whatnot. Maybe not the greatest guy to uh, work in, you know, uh, in game, you know, pass coverage, but as far as you just – I just want to see guys that, you know, when you interchange, a guy goes out, a guy comes in, it's not, you know, all we got is Duke Johnson, Isaiah Crowell. We got to have some kind of, you know, guy that can do something similar because I you know how I feel about Duke Johnson. I think the guy's immensely talented, but I don't know how healthy he can take, you know, a 16-game uh, pounding. So I, I, I just think about that kind of thing. I think Michael Thomas would be good, but – you still the Browns are going to need a burner without Travis Benjamin, and they're going to need somebody to return kicks. So I don't know where we get that at. It just uh, we got more answers than the. Uh, I mean, we got more questions than answers right now, as you've stated many times on here. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm I, the reason I titled this show High Ceilings is just because I think the Browns. I mean, I mean, I always try to find some little ray of hope. 
I think the ceiling is so high that anything that they do, if it's anything positive whatsoever, will be marked as a success. So uh, maybe that's the best thing. They have a they have so much room for improvement that uh, I feel like we could go nowhere but up. But hey, we've been we've been further down than this, and Lord knows they the Browns, it's the Cleveland Browns. They can always find a way. You know, I mean, the word process is no joke here. It is absolutely going to be a process, and it's going to be painful here initially for sure. Um, there's, there is no quick answer for replacing all those linemen and our burner wide receiver and, you know, Craig Robertson, uh, Tayshawn Gibson. Uh, there's just so much talent lost here. But obviously, this wasn't going in the right direction. And that's why I say to Joe Hayden and Joe Thomas, don't get too comfortable. I, I think that they're going to clear clear house, like clear house, and well, rip Thomas, it down. I don't think they can. I don't think they can trade Joe Joe Hayden's contract. Um, it's just like the the way that it lines out and everything. I think that kind of, nobody's taking that well, contract. I'm not saying maybe this year, but you know maybe next year when the when the money's right, they may just outright cut him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> It's a very distinct possibility. So I, I, I think the the long time bets here are very short oh, maybe for their stay. Maybe they'll do a Joe Hayden uh, jersey buyback program. So <laughs> one guy in the draft usage you mentioned process uh, that under the scenario where we don't take a quarterback and maybe trade back a little bit. I mean, we saw the impact of and you mentioned earlier the speed linebackers, the Luke Keekleys, and the disruptive force he can be. Uh, we we saw it uh, play out with uh, who else am I thinking of D? Oh, um, uh, uh, Von Miller from the Denver. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You, you saw it with Von Miller and and how the impact of, of that rush uh, linebacker can be, and even to a lesser degree, a guy like Vontez Perfect and the uh, the impact he made to that roster when he finally did get back. Uh, it really, he was amazing was, in that uh, game until he lost his cool. Yeah, <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, if you trade back down, there's a guy that's uh, gaining steam, but is under the radar. Former Buckeye Noah Spence, uh, who just tore up the combine, and we all know the talent that he has. You know, if you could get him at nineteen twenty, I mean, that's a guy that can really help you get to the quarterback. They say he's the best pass rusher in this draft. I mean, um, and that's a draft with Joey Bosa in it. People are people have been uh, ripping Joey Bosa apart. I'm not I'm not big on Bosa for the Cleveland Browns. I'll say it that way. I don't think he fits their system. I think he's going to be a good pro if he goes anywhere else. Um, and he's the, uh, matched up with like what other guy that's a dominant pass rusher. I think he'll be fine. He he just can't, like we saw how much he struggled a little bit this year when he when he's getting triple teamed and stuff like that. So you know like that's the only thing I said about Bosa. Yeah, and and I agree. I, I think Cleveland would be a disaster for him because he he would be counted on as the great hope uh, of Cleveland, and the, exactly. and the pressure would be enormous coming from Ohio State. And to that theory, I can almost make the same argument for the for taking a quarterback at two this year. You know, if you've got any doubts this year, if you draft a quarterback at two, that's who all these Browns fans are going to be running out buying jerseys up. That This is your lead man. You you can't screw this up. The weight of the world will be on this quarterback to turn around the Cleveland Browns. 
So you better have a very good gauge for the guy's personality and how he handles uh, a situation like this, which plays yeah. into favor for your argument for Jeff Goff and how he came into California. Yeah, here's one other thing about Goff. He has a connection to Hugh Jackson, something that I had not heard, um, but, uh, you know, listening around. Hugh Jackson was almost a coach of Cal before Sonny Dykes. So he had met with Goff and, you know, whatnot, because uh, he had the Cal people had loved him being with the Raiders and whatnot, and he, you know, ended up getting the job with the Bengals and uh, staying in the NFL. So there's a little bit of connection there. There might be something there. And I guess they stayed in touch. I mean, as much as an NFL coach can stay in touch with a college football player. Um, but, yeah, so there, there's a little bit of a bridge there that I did not know but I heard about, um, which I thought was very, very interesting. But uh, Hugh Jackson is very well liked by the Cal alumni and the higher-ups there and the athletic director. So that was something that I, I heard that I thought was very interesting. Yeah, the, the one thing about Hugh Jackson, and that is a really interesting point, I had never heard that. Uh, so something to definitely keep your eye on. But uh, just Hugh Jackson in general and why I have the confidence in him, um, you never hear uh, players on other teams glowing about anything that is Cleveland Browns related. And yeah. you, you've got other guys on other teams talking about how Hugh Jackson is this great guy and a football guy and the right fix. You know, I mean, maybe you got it from a couple of his guys, but this is, like, around the league. This isn't even guys he's coached at times that he's coached against. Well, that is a good point because if the Cleveland Browns can have any small inkling, like, let's let's say this. Let's say the Cleveland Browns win their last two games of this season. They might go 4-12, and 12, but they win the last two games, so it looks like they're building some momentum then the Hugh Jackson factor might be able to bring in a couple of free agents like you're talking about. I mean, Lord knows we're talking about somebody maybe a little better than Kaepernick. But you know what I mean? Like guys that are saying they want to play for Hugh Jackson, uh, then take another look at the Cleveland Browns and then, you know, maybe, you know, uh, take that Kaepernick pay cut that he wasn't willing to take. You know, and that's, that's part of it too. It's a big part of it is that Cleveland is the worst market in the world if you're an NFL player to want to come play for. I hate saying that, but it has just been since 1999, just one after another after another, just failure after failure, and it gets to the point where players are like, why would I ever go there? And that's the part of the culture that needs to be turned around. We can no longer be the last destination, even for our own free agents. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Um, well, we we know there's still a couple other guys that we don't know what's going to happen with. A couple names come to mind are Justin Gilbert, uh, Barquillas Mingo. There's been no mention of those guys whatsoever. And uh, right now, your your uh, you know pass catching core is Terrell Pryor, Gary Barnich, Brian Hartline, and uh, I think Hawk is still on. Davey Hawk is still on the roster. So no, don't we know we got Gabriel. Oh, I think he's still around. He's still holding on. So, uh, I haven't checked uh, in the last hour. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, no, I thought he was on that plane again with Josh Gordon drinking. But, hey, you know, uh, I, 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 we got a lot We got a lot that we can cover. Brown's um, got a long way to go. We just want to get some thoughts out there, batter it around a little bit. I don't know. 
The Browns, the Browns, the Browns have a long way to go. <laughs> I don't know. And, and we've got a long way to go talking about it too. Uh, now, as we get further and further through this process, process. Get used. To oh, it. What, what's the process for what will be coming up on the WALB live on ScoreOnAir.com? You there? On you. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, actually, D, thanks. Uh, special show this week. We're actually going to do a Thursday show with the Easter holiday, uh, 2 to 4, scoreonair.com. You can catch us on the TuneIn app. You can get that on your Android. You can get it on your iPhone. Go to the App Store. Go to Google Play. Uh, after this week, though, we're back on schedule every Friday, 2 to 4, scoreonair.com. Check us out. We appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Well, we know the Browns will be hunting for talent like, you know, the kids will be hunting for those Easter eggs. So, happy Easter, everybody. As always, go Browns. And, uh, we got we baseball coming up. We got Hell. baseball coming up. Thank God for Michael Brantley. Dr. Sleuth is back. So, there is something to be excited for there. But, uh, yeah, we're on this roller coaster ride with the Cleveland Browns. And that's one last thing. I'm not like these other fans. Uh, what, I, what's this guy's uh, Twitter handle? Uh, at Cleveland Frowns, and all these people claiming that they're done with the Cleveland Browns, good riddance. It's like Noah's Ark. Either you want to be here before the rain, or you can get washed away with it. So, you know, <laughs> you don't like the Cleveland Browns anymore, hey, it doesn't matter. The bandwagon will be full. I hope you got to play double for your Super Bowl tickets when it comes around. So, uh, even if that is 2100. We'll be, so looking for that new, we'll be looking for that brand-new bright orange hat. Exactly. As always, go Browns. We'll be back with another edition of With an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake next week. Thanks, guys. Good night. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.